Welcome to the Catholic Center. Welcome to the Catholic Center. Welcome to the Catholic Center. Hey everyone, this is Father Brian. Uh, today I am sitting down with Russ and we are talking about how Christianity is an invitation to a new horizon, a beautiful adventure. And just as a reminder, we have Mass on Sundays at 4 o'clock and at 6 o'clock in the evening and food is offered after each of those Masses. We'll see you there. Half a month ago, I was going around saying stuff like, oh, and uh, happy feast day of St. Augustine. And they were like, yeah, man, <laughs> sa- same to you, man, and everything. Just kind of like, oh, that's just kind of his pers- kind of my personality to try and bring stuff up like that just to see how they'd react. And they've kind of caught on, unfortunately, or fortunately. Um, but honestly, it's been really cool to kind of um, – talk about, uh, especially Mary, with all of them, uh, you know, mostly individually, and to kind of not so much want to cram anything down their throat and vice versa, but just to have a conversation about who is this woman who is right at the center of the Trinity, who this, this woman is just remarkable, the fact that she is a daughter of God the Father and mother of God the Son and in a mystical sense, a spouse of God the Holy Spirit. And like, why, why, why Mary? Why was she chosen for that? And just kind of leaving it at that, I find uh, has been one of the best ways to begin or honestly end any of those sorts of conversations because... I mean, there's not a whole lot of scripture that we've found yet, uh, at least me and my roommates, um, that really answers like a a definitive, like why? Like why was she so blessed? Why is she so full of grace? Um, But yeah, that's a a fun conversation for sure. So you have experience with the non-Catholic world. I mean, for one thing, you're living Mm -hmm. in a community of of guys who are non-Catholic, and so you're probably constantly like, trying to communicate or trying to articulate stuff that is very Catholic, especially like Mary, right? Very Catholic. uh, Something that is uniquely Catholic, I should say. For sure. (laughs) Uh, But you have experience in in other churches, and so you're able to kind of understand where they're coming from? Yes, sir. Yes. Um, Growing up, it was uh, a lot of time spent with friends at different, um, I wouldn't say at different churches, but certainly at different ministry events. Um, that were more charismatic, I, I want to say, than the necessarily some of the stuff going on uh, in my home parish. Um, that was just a little bit more appealing, or at least had uh, like a big net that they were they were sweeping through a lot of the high schools with. It'd be a maybe a good way to to say it, um, and that uh, was very attractive to me. Um, finding out about this Jesus guy who wants to have a relationship and that uh, I owe a lot of my, my Christian walk uh, to those people at the time. So, You owe a lot of your Christian walk today to them. 
Completely. Yeah. Yeah, why do you say that? Um, so, yeah, I'd like to kind of get into my testimony, I guess, a little bit with that. Is uh, Growing up, I had a very awesome experience of going to Windshape Camps. Um, when I was a, going into seventh grade, I believe, would have been. So, yeah, right around middle school. Um, and that I can kind of point to as a big moment in my life when I think a bunch of dots connected in that this Jesus guy who up to this point I've been really well catechized by my parents and uh, by the church we were going to like owe them you know all the all the catechesis in the world for sure um, but this was just an opportunity that I think the Lord really used as the moment to put all these things together to say this Jesus Christ wants to have a personal and real and daily and con- constant relationship with me. And, you know, um, having really, really cool counselors that were a little bit older than me to look up to, to talk about that sort of thing with, uh, was really, really cool to see. And then I think at the time I had, I felt like a little bit of a disconnect whenever I came home from that camp and went back to mass and, not everyone has the same camp energy in daily parish life than summer summer camps do. And so I was like, well, why, why this church, you know, why, um, how do I see Christ so alive, uh, with these people? But suddenly when I come back home and we profess to be in his presence, where, why I'm not, why am I not necessarily seeing that? And so I'd say throughout middle school and through a lot of early high school, I was really, just kind of going through the motions uh, with mass and um, not really, not really sure if uh, I wanted to remain Catholic for a long time. Um, kind of back and forth, though. Like I because you were having a good experience in their community. Correct. Yeah. Because it saved you in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. And and um. Through that time, I definitely uh, kept coming back because that's where my parents were bringing us. And the fact that we were talking about Jesus, I figured you couldn't really get that far off. Um, at least that's what high school me uh, figured. And But yeah, into my junior and senior year, I started looking more on into the apologetics side of things. I was um, introduced to the awesome podcast, if I can plug on this one, uh, Pints with Aquinas by Matt Frad, and whenever he actually came and spoke at our, at our church. Um, and that introduced me to uh, Summa Theologiae, um, Thomas's Aquinas's, uh, Thomas's, Thomas Aquinas's Summary of Theology, uh, Never read it, but I've heard a lot about it, and what I've heard is pretty good. Um, but that definitely got me thinking about, um, you know, church history spanning throughout not just 2,000 years, but honestly 8,000 years of going all the way back to the Jewish roots. Um, but also got me thinking, uh, yeah, in terms of what did the early church look like and what did the church throughout the centuries look like? And, 
the more I kind of kept looking into that, the more I kept coming back to the Eucharist. And um, I, I mentioned a little bit ago uh, loving how close I am with Mary uh, in that me and my twin sister were both born on December 8th, the Immaculate Conception. And uh, a lot of growing up, CCD class would end with all of us in the chapel together praying the rosary. Um, and there were many, many points through um, my high school experience that I would just find myself praying the rosary when it didn't feel like I had anywhere else to go to. Um, and I couldn't necessarily explain that if I was all in on this uh, only Jesus um, only Jesus could intercede for us while at the same time praying to Mary. Um, I, so I, I know that at that period of my life, I definitely felt like I did have a close relationship with Mary in particular and had, I don't know, I had experienced her intercession um, to Jesus through Mary. And so I'd say for, for my high, later high school and early college experience, I mean, I was just... I could I couldn't possibly leave the Eucharist or the Blessed Virgin. And so when you came to college, what did you do? Did you stay here at the Catholic Center? Were mm. you involved elsewhere? Because yeah. you were living were you living with uh, the group of group of guys? Uh no, so I came I came to UGA uh as as a first year in the fall. Um and was living in the dorms with awesome guy from my hometown um named cooper shout out to cooper uh but i came i definitely came to the catholic center every sunday but i found myself plugged in in other on-campus ministries such as uh freshly on monday um absolutely loved the guys in the and still do keep up with all the guys in that small group um we're just really cool guys and really uh seemed to be seeking the Lord with everything they had while going through college. And in such a way that I was like that, those are some guys I want around me. Um, and through that as well, through uh, uh, this small group and through um, big worship nights that we would do every Monday, also got plugged in with the guys that I'm living with now, um, who is a little bit different. Um, you could call it a ministry where we uh throw really big parties that don't have any alcohol and i love telling adults that because they just kind of give me a look like why who okay sure like who would show up to that like you can throw that party all you want but and then whenever i i get the opportunity to show them some of our videos uh and recaps where three four thousand people have shown up before to these parties that we throw then it then suddenly i have their attention where do you have three thousand people parties very interesting uh question we have this place in the woods uh that sounds so sketchy um but on south millage uh just past the loop uh this man's been generous enough to uh let us use his property um as long as i've been here and from what it looks like for at least the last six or seven or so years um where we essentially take uh, a whole bunch of different construction materials that 
are donated and we pick a theme and just absolutely go all out decorating to that theme. Um, so for instance, when, before I knew many of the guys that I live with now, um, I went to one of the parties thrown by the older guys, uh, who have since graduated called Jurassic Jam. And I mean, there's a 50 foot tall volcano. There's a massive, I don't know, bronchiosaurus that they, they've constructed. There's, um, just this elaborate sound and, uh, DJ and light system all synced up. And there's just a ton of people losing their minds, having the time of their life. And I'd wager that every single person there was stone cold sober. And man, I looked at that and said, you know, I had no idea that this was, you know, even something remotely offered on a college campus, let alone UGA. Um, but I saw it and was just like, wow, something, something's crazy going on in Athens. And this is, this is something I want to be a part of. Um, so I got in touch with, with those guys and, uh, here we are now going on four years later, unbelievable. Um, living with, uh, eight other guys and, um, figuring out how to get people together in a, in a safe, socially distant and masked way to have a good time. Um, but to also, uh, you know, stay safe and everything with, with current, uh, virus concerns and all that. Yeah. Sober. We call it sober intoxication of the spirit. Come on. <laughs> That'll preach. <laughs> <laughs> intoxicated by the Holy spirit. They're either crazy or they're healthy, <laughs> right? They're either absolutely crazy or they're absolutely healthy. Yeah. And yeah. they figured out that there's there's something that they can participate in that actually we could use the word humanize that actually mm. humanize them that makes them more humans or makes them the humans that they desire to be completely yeah yeah in a way that's that's very attractive to others in a in a you know come and see sort of way that that really speaks to uh, Christ's ministry to me of he seemed uh, more of someone whose ministry was around, you know, just the, the simple invitation of come and see. Um, at least to, to the apostles and disciples. The, the beautiful humanity disarms the other individual. Like it disarms their, uh, and it, it, it disarms them and proposes a different way. It proposes a new way. Yeah. So going yeah, back to awesome. going back to the nativity of Mary, hmm. um, is that while there was going back to that quote, while there's been all of this stuff that has been happening and people are seeking another way or seeking some sort of salvation hmm. uh, from the history of the world, everyone has been mankind has been religious, and so they've always been. Oh, yeah like yearning for something beyond them or, or desiring something beyond them. Uh, and with the nativity of Mary, the point of that uh, in from my homily was that, uh, that God was doing something underneath the radar while nobody else saw it. Uh, and ultimately it would propose a new way, right? Through, through Jesus, through birthing Jesus and Jesus doing living out his mission and his calling and the passion, death, resurrection and ascension and Pentecost and, and beginning of this church, 
is that ultimately there is a new way that is ushered into civilization or ushered into the world uh, that proposes to us, uh, proposes to our freedom, if you will, a, we can choose it. Mm. And what, mm. and so there's this like compelling nature to it. And you, and you stumbled upon this with your, <laughs> with your group is that, all right, well, this, this way they used to call, you know, you know if you're familiar with this, they used to call in scripture, they call the Christianity, the way, yeah, right? Capital W, the way. This is the way, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mandalorian yeah. reference. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and so come come and see, come and participate, come and walk on the way uh, and uh, and experience it for yourself. Mm. And so you've experienced that. And I'd say so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you come to church, or you live in community, you're intentional with your conversations and you you give testimony to the work of god in your life and that's pretty that's pretty provocative to me i mean you're you're someone who says you don't have to necessarily drink to have fun Hmm. yeah yeah and i think so much of that is due to just seeing the witness of other people going before me and and um living that out in a way that is something desirable to follow after that I saw, um, like you were saying, people living in this, um, in this way so fully and so devotedly and yet were cool, normal and chill, (laughs) like who, uh, could talk about anything, um, and who made you feel so, uh, so present when they were speaking to you in such a way that um, was something that said, I want to be that type of person. I want to be that type of person who gives everything they have just to be in that conversation with you right in that present. Um, and who, who lived life uh, with Christ as, as uh, JP2 says famously, uh, that life with Christ is an is a exciting adventure. Um, and these guys got that and these guys lived that way. And it was just, just incredible. It was just incredible to, to, to follow after that and, um, to now be living with eight others who see this way, who see Christ in the same way of, of wanting to follow after him. Um, because it's something desirable because it's something um, that it not just necessarily because, oh, this is what I've been told is the thing I should do. This isn't um, just a result of being dragged along to church every Sunday, but suddenly when you come to college, all that's essentially out the door. And whatever foundation that has been laid, um, you kind of get a chance to play with it a little bit. But I think that seeing the witness of other people that say this is the most rewarding and fulfilling aspect of my life is suddenly like, maybe I should look into that again. Maybe I should give that another shot. Um, And that's why I'm so grateful to to live in community and to live um, here in Athens at this time when so many amazing young men and women are pursuing Christ with everything in this wonderful adventure. When I came to your place, when y'all invited me to dinner, 
I mean, it was, it's an objectively fun environment. Like it's, <laughs> it's not, it's not easy to live in community. I've, I've lived in community. It's not easy to live in community sure. yeah. uh, because you brush up against different personalities and different <laughs> likes and dislikes and, and the quirks that people have and uh, people disagree. And uh, I mean, there's all oh, of that. Sure. It's intense. It's intensified whenever you are in a smaller uh, house setting mm. with more people. Uh, but whenever I stumbled upon y'all or whenever I came over for dinner mm. and hung out with y'all is that y'all have a, there's a fraternity there in the, in the, in the, in the normal sense of the word, there's a fraternity there, mm. fraternity of brothers, fraternity of Christians who are doing life together and trying to encourage each other along this adventure mm. uh, or in this adventure. And y'all are fun. Y'all know how to have fun, which is, I think it's, <laughs> it's almost like a lost art. I know, oh, it, I, I know at least for me, it's, it's. It's challenging to have fun because, um, I don't know, I, I think that uh, it is, yeah, it can be challenging to have fun, but y'all figured it out. Yeah. Uh, and you and you feed off of each other. <laughs> and I think it's kind of, I think it is a lost art. Like you had, you have a disc golf course on your property. <laughs> yeah. Right? Y'all yeah. bought a dirt bike. Yeah. Yeah, you, did that. You, you split a dirt bike <laughs> so that all of you can like enjoy it. Completely, somehow. <laughs> yeah yeah sorry and, mom i think you may have just uh found out about that purchase <laughs> <laughs> and you work you i mean when i was there you y'all worked out together yeah uh you had fun and you weren't uh you weren't embarrassed to be yourselves or you weren't uh, ashamed to be yourselves uh, but you are you are yourselves and you were you were living that out together i mean it's a, kind of a beautiful thing yeah yeah uh, we definitely got the hang of it by now. I mean, this is um, for definitely five and basically seven of us. This is our, our third year uh, living together. Um, and so we kind of have gotten used to some of the quirks, have gotten used to uh, some of the preferences of everyone that we're, we're living with at this point. Um, then for some reason, two other guys also wanted to live of, live with us Uh and you, welcome, absolutely, and you welcome them in. We love oh completely. Yeah. That's cheaper rent, man. It's just practical. <laughs> but no, they were they were awesome guys, awesome friends of ours. And uh for some reason they wanted to live with us. Um and it's been just a blast to get to go through all these uh learn about somebody else uh in a way you didn't really expect to, uh, with these two other guys as well. Um and to find out wow, these guys also know how to how to have fun and to um, kind of get their perspective on things and to, yeah, just benefit from everyone's ideas together. <laughs> it's been awesome. So you use the word, uh, the adventure. Uh, I've, that was JP two Benedict 16th had the notion of, of an invitation to a new horizon of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he says that, and I love this, ver- this verse that he has, this, uh, sentence that he has is that he says that it's not Christianity is not a set of rules or an idea. Mm. But it's a person that you encounter and it sets you on a new horizon for your life. Come on. Like a new direction. Preach, uh, Father. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> and and for me, I've experienced that too. So I, a similar similar story where in my, it was in my college years where the first year of my college experience, I failed out of college. Oof. Right. So after my first year uh, at, in college, I failed out. I got, I was doing other stuff. Uh, not focused, not in a good place. Mm-hmm. And uh, my grades kind of showed that. And so 
I moved back home and uh, kind of disconnected to the social circle that I had because they were yeah. kind of unhealthy, uh, un- unhealthy friends. I, I liked them a lot. They're enjoyable, but they were kind of unhealthy for me. Right. And what happened was is disconnecting from them and kind of beginning a spiritual walk or spiritual journey, almost like a pivot, a different, a different step, like stepping, just gently stepping or turning towards a different direction. God, if you were there. And then all of a sudden Hmm. for me, I had, uh, some, I had at least three non-denominational friends reach out to me individually Hmm. said, Hey, you should Mm -hmm. come to our Bible study. Hey, you should come to church with us. Hey, you should come hang out with us. Yeah. Uh, and so after the third time, I'm like, all right, let's, let's just do it. Yeah. Right. Let's yeah. just let's just hang out. Let's let's do it. And so, I ended up getting. I ended up doing life with them for the next year. Yeah. Uh, we would intentionally get together on Tuesdays during the week, and then the rest of the week, you know, we may uh, kind of interact and and uh, do something fun. But every time we got together, it was fun. Every yeah. time it was, we got together, it was enjoyable. It was healthy. And what right. they did is they they kind of steered me on a new path for my own life and said, okay, here I'm looking at these folks and it was men and women, uh, college aged and they were, and they were individuals who were healthy mm-hmm. and they may not have everything together, right? None of us have it all together. Uh, everyone has their own issues that they're working through or problems that they're trying to solve, uh, or virtues that they're trying to obtain. And, and we all have vices and so forth, mm-hmm. but they were incredibly healthy and they knew how to have fun. Like you said, it's, yeah. it's something, it's something that disarmed me because I'm used to a community of people who were not healthy in the ways that we had fun. Uh, we didn't have fun in the best ways to the point of like, I'm failing out of college uh, and not necessarily knowing how to move forward with my life. And so all of a sudden I'm disarmed by this healthy community. Granted they're non-Catholic, uh, but they're still Christ followers. And so mm-hmm. uh, they had, well, the way that I say it is that God used them to reach me and to yeah. set me on a new path for of a new horizon, right? A new a yeah. new adventure, if you will, yeah. to use that, to use JP2. Uh, and eventually, after a year, I kind of went back to my uh, Catholic roots and to right. kind of explore that. And it was like the perfect, it's been the perfect mix of, like they had a charisma, they had a charismaticness to right. them, uh, and then I inserted that into the Catholic uh, world, where it's a little. Sometimes it can be a bit more traditional, it can be more cultural, etc. Sure. But I'm like, but this uh, this fits so well. Uh, this fits like when it comes to Eucharist, and it comes to you know charismatic oh, yeah. prayer, when it comes to worship, and it comes to uh, all of the things that we have to offer in in doctrine and and oh, yeah. uh, our church. Yeah. It's like, man, this is like something that I feel like I could be of benefit to the church. Uh, and so I step forward in that direction. It's like, gosh, like how do I, how do I run with this? How do I run with this zeal that I have, this, yeah. this energy, yeah. this Christian energy uh, that came from outside of the Catholic world, but it has been, now it's fueling my Catholic world. And I would say ever yeah. since it has been. Yeah, I, I completely relate to that. Um that notion that um i think we we've talked before about the the idea of kind of free worship free praise when it comes to like specifically in a praise and worship uh musical sense um when you know people are standing and raising hands and 
Um, getting all charismatic. Getting all charismatic, yeah. Um, and that's that's been something that I always found very compelling, very attractive, very human um, in these other ministries I've been a part of. And I'm, I'm starting to see that really start to take off here. Like I'm starting um, to see like the sparks of that starting to, to ignite a little more and a little more. And it's something that gets me very excited to see what the Lord has in store for, for this, uh, this campus ministry and to, to see what is going on in this community um, over the next year and, you know, how far past that as well. I think it's really uh, been a long time coming, but is really taking off in terms of the community around, around the Catholic Center here uh, as well as, as in worship and such. Were you at Mass this week, past weekend here? Uh, yes. Yes, I was. So, did you come to one of my Masses? I think so, the uh, the six. Yeah. yeah, so there's this interesting thing that I uh, was reflecting on the past week about how each of our moments are, like, jam-packed with the spiritual, right? Mm-hmm. Each of our moments, there's something that is... Uh, beneath everything there's there's mm-hmm. like God is imbued in 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 everything around us and all things and in every conversation and so forth uh, and so it's cool whenever you say that like you are excited for this year for me it's like I, I already see the stuff that's happening I already see God mm-hmm. working and it's in and it's not necessarily doesn't have to be in your 3,000 gathering of, of people right yeah, yeah but in these conversations with people that I'm getting to know uh, in joyful moments of, of bonfire Thursday, we have cornhole. Yeah. Uh, it's like these, these gatherings here that are, they're healthy, they're fun. Uh, but there's also something special because each of us have made a decisive decision to, to step on the way, to step in this way, this, this path. Uh, and so like we wouldn't have, we wouldn't be doing this if none of us took that intentional step uh, out of our own freedom to, to right. be here, to do this, to be a part of this community. And so it's, it's, I think it's awesome because like in your parish setting, you have a lot of, you have a lot of families who maybe their parents want to be there and they kind of drag their kids there, or maybe the mm. husband wants mm. to be there or the wife wants to be there and they drag their spouse there. Um, or, you know, the high schoolers, some of them want to be there. Some of them don't want to be there. Right. Uh, whereas with this Catholic community here in Athens specifically, mm. Uh, there's a large community, in fact, the largest in North Georgia, at least, of college age, mm. of individuals who have chosen to be um, at mass, have chosen to be to live out their Catholicism. To, mm. And they may not understand everything. They may not grasp everything. Uh, they may not necessarily know why they do this or what's in it for them or where this new horizon or where this adventure will lead them. Um, but today they choose it yeah. and they say yes yeah. to that. Like Mary, they say yes to today to living their faith. And then we don't do it perfectly. Uh, that's why yeah. I like at the beginning of mass, we say, let us acknowledge our sins. It's like oh, yeah. for me, even as a priest, the daily acknowledging of my sins is not something that's overwhelming, but it's something that's very humbling. And fortunately, there's a place to do that. Like I can just kind of offer that up on a day-to-day basis, right. uh, my, my own wrongdoing um, on this adventure that I'm still, that's still very hopeful, still very exciting. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I, every every time uh, when we do have that opportunity, I'm reminded that oh yeah, I, I I meant to come and do a quick examine before mass, so I would have some stuff fresh to to offer up, and then well, we'll get them next time, and then next time I come to mass, oh yeah, we'll get them next time. But you know, in the in that moment, there's usually a few things that still can can come to mind that's like oh yeah I'm, I'm i'm okay to get rid of these but even if it's a recognition of your own need for god's mercy Ooh, right so even if it's not like okay well i have a list of 20 things probably just today even if it's just the fact that you say man i have a list and it's like your own need your own uh, dependency if you will yeah, like that a in a word. sense is the is the opening of the heart yeah. That allows that uh, mercy to come in full yeah. force. Yeah, it's not it's not necessarily that you're at mass because you're already perfect. It's by far the opposite of you're at mass because you know you're not perfect, and that you are dependent upon Christ and upon grace and upon mercy, and so you. That's a beautiful. Yeah, that's gonna stick with me. I have a feeling of of spending that time the acknowledgement of our sins as a reminder of just how dependent we are on Christ and to immediately humble everyone before we even gather around to worship or the process of worship is also acknowledging our, our dependency on, on him and on it. (laughs) So, so one of the, another thing that I said this past Sunday, I quoted Mary Oliver uh, the poet Mary Oliver, she said that she was saved by beauty. And mm. as Christians, we say that God is the source of beauty. God is right. that which is behind beauty, that which uh, that that is beauty itself. Right. God is beauty itself. And so whenever we see something beautiful, we get a glimpse into God. We get a glimpse into the divine. Yeah. Uh, and there's something about this beauty that disarms us. And so going back to that, that... Um, like you talking about living in community and living as healthy individuals or people on this adventure, uh, there's a beauty to that that disarms, that perplexes some, mm. uh, but then also calls other people and cha- and really convicts them yeah. uh, to say, well, maybe there is this other way. Maybe there is another way, a healthy way of living. Right. I mean, that in itself is evangelization, a beauty that disarms. I mean, ultimately, it's Christ working through us, working through our humanity. Yeah, uh, that is convicting hearts and other people. Uh, that is disarming their the hardness of hearts, if you will. Yeah, yeah, that's wow. I love um, anytime we're we're brought back to. I'll use the the big word, the transcendentals. The, yeah, uh, yeah, anything that's good, true, and beautiful. Um, and I do absolutely love that aspect of our faith. Is that we get to look back and point back to so many incredible works of art and incredible uh works of architecture so many gorgeous cathedrals buildings paintings sculptures through the centuries that have all been so beautiful and have all been pointing us right back to god from whom all all blessings flow from who all all the beauty comes because ultimately he is beautiful not not that we're describing god as beautiful we're Point to him and saying that is what beauty is, and um, yeah, I got the uh, uh, awesome opportunity recently to go down to the gorgeous cathedral basilica of Saint John the Baptist. I think I'm getting Savannah. that right. down in Savannah. Yes, sir. And Very it's, nice. 
I mean, you just walk into that building, but before you even walk in, when you just see the outside and you're just blown away and just like, oh yeah, God is big, I am small. And, but then you walk in and it's just, it's overwhelming. The the saints and patriarchs and angels surrounding you. And it's just such a, a beautiful reminder of the, of the fullness of life and the fullness of heaven and just surrounded just surrounded by beauty. I think it's something that we all have a, a real need for. And then once, as soon as we're reminded of it, is that kind of whoa moment of just wonder of who God is and who's, who's calling us to that perfect relationship. So there's a quote that says that the glory of God is man and woman fully alive. Right? The glory of God is man and woman fully alive. Or you could say the most beautiful thing on earth is man and woman fully alive. Mm. The most beautiful thing on earth, the glory of God, Mm. is man and woman fully alive. That's pretty cool. That's cool. (laughs) I mean, that's just a line that I feel like it just kind of deserves a, a a pause and to be like, oh yeah, how about that? <laughs> and who like who knows what you can add on top of that? It's just man, that's that's crazy. <laughs> There's this line that we that as a priest I say in at mass whenever I pour a little bit of water into the chalice of wine, I say, may we become, uh, may what do I say? I don't even know how I say it. Uh, that's one of those secret prayers. It is a secret <laughs> prayer that I'm that I'm forgetting. I don't to hear that one. May we come to share. Ready? May we come to share in the divinity of Christ, Ooh. who humbled Himself to share in our humanity. Yeah. Christ, who the method of God, which was to become a human, uh, and in so doing so, saying like humanity is good, mm. and then yet at the same time inviting us, calling us to become divine, becoming partakers mm-hmm. uh, of God, becoming partakers of the divine nature, transformation. Yeah. The word hum- humanization or divinization is another word. Is like this transformation that is beautiful. Uh, the glory of God, the most beautiful thing in the world is man and yeah. woman fully alive. Yeah. I, I forget where I got this from, but a priest, I, either at like a SLS or a C conference or one of those sorts of big events where um, you're just surrounded by Catholics and hearing such incredible um, testimony and such incredible preaching um, gave the example of whenever you see that particular example actually going on. Um, remind me, it's it's the wine first and then followed by the, the water into the chalice, correct? So he gave the example of seeing ourselves in that drop of water or that little drop of water falling into the chalice of putting all of our humanity into that drop and completely being surrounded by the wine and how in in a sense that can be us allowing ourselves in that offering which is what's going on at that time and us surrendering ourselves over to Christ to completely falling into his grace there. And that's why I love um, 
what's the song like? Oh, Come to the Father, I believe. Um, which our band here has played the last couple adoration nights. So hoping to get that one again. But that line is stuck with me from that song, which is fall into grace. And I love that image of grace, of us being able to have the, have the choice to, to receive that grace in the same way that you have the choice anytime you're walking anywhere to just all of a sudden stop and fall backwards. And yeah, that, that part is your choice to, to throw yourself off your balance, but then God guiding you from there of that just as that drop of water can't help but suddenly be completely engulfed by the wine in the same way I want to be completely engulfed by grace in, in so far as I can because boy do I need it <laughs> so so often not even so often all the time um if his yeah, if his grace is an ocean then we're all sinking come on if his grace is an ocean then we're all sinking. I tell people that grace is there to prop you up, but it also catches you when you fall. Yeah. It's there to prop you up, to withstand the storm, to be with you and to, and to strengthen you, but also it catches you whenever you fall. I, uh, I got a a question for you concerning that song as well. Uh, have you heard of the great, the great debate between sloppy wet kiss and unforeseen (laughs) kiss? I haven't heard this. So, the original lyric from the guy who, who wrote the song uh, describes, um, oh my gosh, now i got to remember the lyrics. Um, but it's kind of, kind of a classic Christian debate of, mm-hmm. of our times of, uh, do you see heaven and earth meeting as an unforeseen kiss, which is the, the Crowder version, the more popularized version, or the original, and heaven meets earth like a sloppy wet kiss? Now, if you're if you're just now coming into this debate, like I'll I'll give you some some grace on this one to to think it over. I don't want to, any hasty decisions. What is the answer? But there's just a debate. It's ongoing. It's just, it's it's ongoing. It's it's there's no <laughs> correct there's no, answer. There's no correct answer. Some people are like, well, I like sloppy wet. I like unforeseen. Yeah. You know, the the classic Catholic both and. Oh, it's beautiful, isn't it? It is beautiful. Man, we could talk all day. I oh, appreciate absolutely. it. I appreciate you talking. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to the Catholic Dogs Podcast. The Catholic Center is located at 1344 South Lumpkin Street. For more info on how you can get involved, check out our Instagram at Catholic Dogs. See you at Mass.